So on August 20th, the World Cup final played for the women and England had a team there. And it was the first time in 57 years that England had a team play in the World Cup final. So my name's Andy Glover. With me is Mark Grinter. Hello. Hello Andy, how are you? Hello everyone. I'm fine, thank you very much. This is, uh, this is the second season of the Green Green Grassroots of Football and this podcast is going to look at the opportunities for girls in the wake of not just the World Cup but the advancement of, of women and how it's uh, how hopefully things have changed over the last few years and what can go. So see how it goes. Initially, well, first of all, I'd like to uh, thank our sponsor, Rachel's Bookkeeping, for all your bookkeeping needs. And, um, okay, so we'll start off, actually, because this is our second season. There's a, well, actually, the first thing I'll say is, in case you can hear noises in the background, we're back in Summerdale Pavilion. Um, Mark's son has just been, he has been refereeing tonight. Refereeing the under-15 girls. Oh, there you go, refereeing the under-15 girls, excellent. So he's been out refereeing. So we're down here recording for that reason. So if you hear any noises in the background, that's why. Um, because it's the second season, there may be uh, a new audience joining us. So if you are, welcome. I hope you enjoy our podcast. So what we'll do initially is just give a quick introduction about ourselves. Um, I'll go first. So yeah, Andy Glover. Um, and I joined um, Fry's back in 1979 that's a long time ago back when we were some of our wanderers um i was an under eight but i trained up for two years with the under tens reason being that was the youngest age group for boys we only had boys we didn't have girls then i only trained i wasn't good enough to play for the under tens um the second year i played up a year and that time at the age i was able to play for them um so i played for the under tens as an under nine and then finally as an under 10 i was able to join my own age group uh, which I did. I played until I was under 16 and then I left and then 1994 I was 22 the then secretary of the club was chatting to me and said oh we, we've got we have a team but the manager hasn't turned up the person who was going to do it you fancy coming to watch and have a, have a look so I came down and I watched and at the end of it he gave me a bucket and a kit bag and said good luck and that was very much my introduction to football and taking over the team. So I took it on, I ran that team. Now when that came to an end, we started another team. And then when that team came to an end, I started a third team. And that third team are now going into their under 16 year. And this was gonna be my last. However, two years ago, I was cajoled into bringing my granddaughter down. She didn't take to it actually, uh, that first year. She was only, five and quite a young five didn't really take to it but we tried again last year and this time she did and this was with uh, the Wildcats which Mark was running and halfway through that year I took her and all the other girls of the same age and we formed the under sevens which was February of this year actually and that's 2024 2023 sorry oh my god 2023 of February uh, for those who are listening at a different time of year or different <coughs> different time and um, this September, we are now going into our under-8 season. And that's me. 
Mark, over to you. Um, I came to Fry's in 2014 when my twin boys, who were six at the time, five, five at the time, came and did a tot session with, funny enough, Andy's team. And then they joined and owned the under sevens. Um, I was just a parent then for about a whole of a month, I think, before Mr Glover sat to me left and said, Mark, can you help me out now and again with a few of them? Are you, you know, I think my crime for getting involved was that I turned up every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think you, Andy, were, I, you were there on the sidelines. You'll do. And because I, I was one of the ones <coughs> that was there on a regular basis, I think Andy thought, well, he turns up every week. He can come and help. Um and so, and as, as it went on with helping with the boys team, got more and more involved, um, but I was running that. And then it heavily got involved when my daughter, who was, again, four, um, started wanting to play football. She'd got, gone elsewhere at another club, and then they started a Wildcat session, so she came here at four years old again. After a week, I got conjoled into helping out. After six months, then I think I took over the girls' section. And so that was in 2018, 19, 2018, 2019. And then since then, I'm now head of girls' football at Fry's Football. I run, I help Andy still with the under 16 boys. Run the under, one of the under, well, two of the under nine, uh, 10 girls' teams now. And head of the girls' section. Um, which is something that we're proud of. I said that first section back in 2018-19, we had three or four girls. We'll go into more details now, but I think we're closer with what we've got here. I think we're closer to 250 in total, 200-250 with the girls, women and wildcats. Um, and that's me. So, yeah, I... Well, you say that's me. Aren't you also involved help coaching and helping with the ladies as well? I help with the ladies. I sort of, I do a little bit with the ladies. Kelsey, who bright idea started the Wildcats off. She runs the ladies due to commitments and stuff. I help a little bit with the ladies, not as much as I'd like to, just because of time constraints. And um, my daughter now plays for uh, Gloucestershire. Does swim, so time is of the essence. So I'd love, yeah, if I'd have known, if I was able to have done. This is a trade 30 years ago, and I'd love to have done it and been paid for it, but unfortunately work gets in the way. Life as well, yes. I I know the feeling. You're right, myself as well. I would love to have done this full-time, but unfortunately... Right, okay, so I think before... I think the way we'll look at this is look at women first and the impact that can have on, on girls in general, but obviously our girls. So first of all, we'll look at... Bristol City. So Bristol City women um, this year, or just the season just gone, yeah. they won the is it the, the women's championship? Women's super cha- yeah, championship. And yeah. they're now into the women's super league. They are. Um, and two of the girls, the ladies, actually did the girls our girls presentation. Yep. Yeah. Maddie and Shmaya, I think Maddie. Mm. <laughs> Can't remember. Shamaya's still there. I think that's her name. Bless her. Um, Maddie's now gone to London Lionesses. Oh, okay. But I mean, what what sort of, what can that do for, I mean, we've got, as you said, we've got, we had about 
eight, I think eight teams or seven teams plus our Wildcat girls yeah. at the presentation, seeing um, women's Super League players and meeting them and being presented medals. Oh, what, it, how, how can that inspire it, it, our girls? It, to see them is it, it, in, in, inspirational. These are going to be players that are going to be playing against who they've seen on the telly on the World Cup. Um, so to, to see these people, and they were lovely when they came, by the way, um, is it's fantastic and it, it inspires, it, it's pure inspirational for them. You, you can't fault it. Um, it yeah, I mean, for them to come here, it was the high, almost one of the highlights of the presentation. They were fantastic. They had photos, which I'm sure a lot of the parents and the girls have got posted up and photo albums all over Facebook. Um, we even had one of the girls got it into a national magazine. Mm. Um, yes. Which I now, that's, I think, life. Chat, that's Life magazine. That's Life magazine, yeah. yes. Um, and that's how much it means to them. The pet, you know, it goes that far. It's inspire in, It just inspires them. It gives them. Well, maybe perhaps that could be them. But even if, if the majority of the girls, you'd go ninety nine point nine percent now. Because where the girls gate, I mean, 10 years ago, I think probably we'd have been looking at five or six fries girls who'd be playing at a top level. Nowadays, where the, now it's expanded, it's not as big as obviously the boys, but, you know, it's, it's going to be a small chance now of them making it. Um, and certainly now at fries, we've got girls who play for Gloucestershire, Somerset and all sorts. But it's still going to be tight because it's, it's just expanding. But it still gives them role models and it gives them female role models as mm. footballers. Um, and but it, that, that access, I mean, I'll say, I've got to ask that about the access. Now, we've got one of our managers, I think they're now, is it under 11, Sarah? Yeah. Under 11s. So she was able to get the girls, to, the, the women to come along. Um, and she's a bit of a media celebrity. She is a celebrity. Uh, done a number of interviews. And if you go on to the, the, the Fight Club JFC Facebook page, we've posted one of the interviews. And she talks about, about it on there. The fact that the girls in her team have got a number of Bristol City signed shirts and everything. Yeah. Again, there's a massive difference there about that, just that openness, the culture that the women engender between their, the fans who come and watch them. And it was the reason why they, they, they were happy to come down. But just talk about the difference between when you go to watch a women's match and you go to watch a men's match. They're, they are far more accessible. They will stay... <coughs> I mean, you've got to be... At the moment, hopefully it will change for the women. At the moment, the crowds aren't as big. So they can stay for 20 minutes after a game and virtually have a selfie... Or with with um, all the kids and stuff that want it, um, and with Bristol City being in the women's Super League this year again, or, or as I said it gives people in, in a chance to go and see all the top players. Um, well, this is the you know World Cup <laughs> World Cup players <laughs> will come to, to yeah to, to play uh, Bristol City. Where where we're I mean at the moment. I'm try. I've been trying for two to three months for um, the girls to do like flag bearing and stuff for Bristol City and for my daughter against Manchester United and for my daughter to be mascot for um, Bristol City versus Arsenal. 
I've spoken to Bristol City on a numerous amount of occasions. The gentleman I speak to is fantastic. We The season starts the 1st of October. He is still waiting for the package and how much and what he can do, which would not happen with the men's side. That was done two or three months before the season. So... That it is great and everything is fantastic. It's still got a long way to go. Mm. These oppor- and I'm sure this opportunity will come, and when we do it, it is amazing. And w- the players are fantastic. Um, yeah, I, can, I remember I listened to the interview. One of the things Sarah says is when they when they won the the championship, the girl our girls are down there and they're posing with with the medals. Yeah. You're not going to get that. No. You're not going to get that when Man City win the Premier League. No. I mean, <laughs> and last time Bristol City were in the um, Women's Super League a couple of years ago, we we took a few girls there um, down to when Bristol City played Manchester City. And the cost, and again, cost, cost of living crisis and stuff at the moment, is huge. It's not the same now, unfortunately, it has gone up. But at that time, we took 25 girls... 25 parents it cost 250 pound in total we were there three or four hours before kickoff they went in the chain both teams changing rooms um we got to meet steph houghton who was captain of england at the time ellie roebuck the england goalkeeper ellen white jill scott lauren hemp all these names and we got to and they were they all took time they all took photographs with them they were mascots, it was on the telly, and so that, you know, is, I think today that package would probably still cost two and a half grand for the women, um, so that's how much that's going in, in that small time, but still the women and the players, the majority after games will come and sign autographs, will have photographs, you know, and... <sighs> And for the girls and stuff, it's fantastic. As I said, I've got to say that, yeah, the girls, the the, the memories they're now having, oh. especially 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 when you look back now, having watched the World Cup, having watched yeah. the Euros, thinking that girl who just that lady who just scored, I've got a photograph with yeah. her, and I've I've watched her live, and I've shook her hand, I've stood with her. You know. Yeah, and and that means the world. I mean, my daughter. And, and if she can do it, I can do. I it. I can do it. My daughter's got um, Beth Mead's book, Lauren Williamson's book. Bizarrely, I've already asked my wife um, for one of my Christmas presents this year is going to be Serena Vigman's book. Um, she's coming out in November. Good I timing. It, I think it'll be a great read for everybody um, on that. And she, so, it, it, it is all there. And for Bristol City being there, there will be these things to go down and see, you know, World Cup players and stuff. And you can go down, I think, for a child, it's four to five pounds. Mm. to go and see a World Cup player and probably have a chance of having a photo and stuff. But if you get there early, I think because the crowds are going to be bigger, you might have to get there early and, and be ha- yeah. happy to stay a bit later. That it, it wasn't like it was two years ago. But the opportunities are there and it is still inspiring. Mm. Um said my daughter loves Lauren Hemp and... Not Lauren Hemp, bless Beth Mead. <laughs> she loves Lauren Hemp as well, and I think yes. gets Lauren Hemp. But uh, our main player is Beth Mead, and we will. No, I am determined. No matter one way or another, she will have a photo taken with Beth Mead and stuff. Mm. Um, and we might end up stalking you, Beth Mead, if you're listening to this. Oh, I'll upset you, so you might as well just get it over and done with. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
I'm sure she'll do it in any case because they all they are all amazing and but again it, and not only is it what goes on in the World Cup and where they see him it's what they can see the opportunities afterwards and the classic example of that at the moment is Jill Scott yes the you know I'm a celebrity mm. winner stuff so they can see you know yeah you're good at football but it can also lead to it, other things it's, and, no, it's no longer the women who just played football that was it they're now getting media careers other other things are becoming out doors are opening for them like they have for years for the men yeah it's now opening for the women yeah. okay so moving away from the the red side of bristol we'll talk to the blue side of bristol so bristol rovers women played forest green rovers ladies at the memorial stadium mm-hmm. the game took place after the men's edition of the fixture tickets bought for the men's game included a free ticket for the women's game mm-hmm. But it was still, pl- well, I say, but it was still played in front of a crowd of two thousand two hundred and forty-seven. So a lot of them stayed and watched the game. Yeah. Now that one, that's fantastic. It didn't go, oh, women's football, we're walking off. Nope. Which, um, so it shows a great sort of what I mean. One, there's obviously loyalty to Bristol Rovers and Forest Green if you're a fan. Yeah. But talk about your experiences because you I know again I said my, my team they're under eights this year so they are fairly new but you've got a lot of experience with Bristol Rovers as well yeah well, so if you we, can talk about some of the experiences we, you've had with Bristol Rovers as we well we were there we were there at the Bristol Rovers Forest Green and not only were we there the girls trained on the pitch before with the Bristol Rovers uh, squad and the Bristol Rovers coaching team um so yeah we did they did a training session before the, so they we trained after the men's game and before the women's game, so they were on the pitch and stuff for a good 45 minutes, I would have said, doing a training session. With all the fans watching. and All the fans watching and everything like that. And then they walked out with the players, obviously. <coughs> so again, as a mascot experience, it's fantastic. It was, again, something that they still talk about now. Mm. So, I mean, our girls, my, my team, have been extremely lucky that you know, they've walked out with Bristol City and Bristol Rovers. But you've done more with Bristol Rovers than just that, haven't you? You've done yeah. a number of things. We've done, yeah, we've gone, we've gone to other great games for them um, <coughs> and stuff like that. And we're hoping that they're going to come to do some training sessions and we're hoping Bristol City women will as well, but we're still working on that. But they, I'm sure they will because they do it with other clubs and they, they, they work within the community. It's fantastic. Um, and so, yeah, Bristol, Bristol Rovers women have been awesome and the way they're expanding and going up the leagues is fantastic. But have you done, um, is it flag bearing you've done? For yeah, flag well? ba- yeah, done flag bearing on a few occasions. I think a lot of the age groups have done that and, and again, a lot of them have done it for... Um, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot. It but, means a lot. But it, well, it does mean a lot, but also the girls are seeing women who play for yeah. Bristol Rovers. And uh, I'm... I'm I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to sound in any way disparaging because I really am not. But they're not going to make that d- cultural difference between men and women. They're going to go. That's Bristol Rovers. Exactly. So for them, it's like, wow, I am being a flag bearer for Bristol Rovers here, which I mean, is fantastic for them. And so that in, in itself is going to be inspirational. Yeah. I can do this. I can see these women. I can get up close and personal. I can talk to them afterwards. Get um, get autographs. And then see what can I do? Can I do this as well? Yeah, I mean, and <laughs> where we are fortunate here. Um, so obviously, our 
Fry's JFC are local rivals are Canesham Town. Canesham Town, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll stay away from the boys and stuff, but for the girls, their women's section is higher up the league system than Bristol Rovers women. Um, in fact, a couple of seasons ago, they were only one division below the Super League. Mm. Um, and this Sunday, <coughs> they've got uh, Swindon Town at home. And uh, we've definitely got one girl going who will be doing... And so, again, it's an opportunity to Swindon Town. But they, where well, we're lucky here, they play Southampton. And like I said, the standard is a couple of divisions now below the Super but for the girls, Swindon Town, Southampton, Cardiff City. It's still teams that you, you associate, associate with, the Championship, the Premier yeah. League. In terms of men's football, I know, but it's still professional clubs. So, yeah, we're very lucky that they're, they're there as well. So, for our girls, and I think this is why it's one of the main reasons this the, the girls' section at Fry's is just going through the roof. Mm. I mean... And I, even, even, sorry to interrupt, even Forest Green, because Stroud's not exactly far at the road. No, no, even Forest Green, if you wanted to go a little way and just... Because I know they do packages as well. Yeah. So there's that aspect as well. And so the numbers since the World, since the World Cup and everything, um, I reckon through my inbox, through the I'm getting... Well, as the World Cup was going on, it was near a 10 a week new players and even let's still now I'm getting three or four so let's talk more. about that so as you as I said I run the under eight girls we we purchased kit for the whole girls <coughs> section at the yes. start of the summer May and it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a real point of contention now because yeah. I looked at my squad I had ten players and I thought right I'm allow for some growth yeah. but I've only had one player come in over the past three months that's fine, I'll get 16. Yep. Well, over the summer, I've had a 50% increase and I've already not got enough kit for those players. And you, I think, obviously, the, the World Cups had a massive impact on that. So from 10 to 16 players just over the summer alone. Yep. And that's kind of before the World Cup had even finished. Yeah. So I'm still getting contacted by people saying, you know, have you got space? And I'm like, yeah, because... Unlike, and I'm not, I will, I don't want to sound like I'm disparaging the boys section, but we don't turn girls away as far as we're, if we can, we're here to offer a place to play. If we can yeah. give you a place to play, we will play you. Um, yep. I know a lot of teams and some of our boys sections go waiting lists. As far as I'm concerned, we'll, we'll offer you a place and we'll get you a game. Yep. Um, and then you look at our other teams. This, this summer, we've created a second under 10s team, a second under 11s team, and a second under-13s team, and our under-12s team, which was struggling, have now got more than enough numbers as well. Yeah. I think our under-15s are, are turning people away at the door. And, he, yeah. and, I, and, I, I, and I, I, say, I say about, um, I, I say that jokingly, because I've just said we, we give people girls a game, and I know that um, we should just take another player. <laughs> So. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we take them on. I mean, we are getting to it. I mean, I said I do the under 10 girls. And we're now up to 20, 29 girls, I think, now. Um, and so you'll go back, I think, which we went on about last year. The problem that we have, the league only allows each team to have 14 players. At seven aside. At seven aside. For me, it's five, with five yeah. aside, it's ten players. So I'm allowed... So I've got two teams. 
I'm allowed 28 players. I've got 29. Mm. So by league rules, I've got one I cannot sign on to play a league. So it's actually the league who are inhibiting us. They are. I mean, I get why they do it, because, again, it's game time. It's... I, I see the logic behind why they do it to a degree. Um, but again, the other issue that you have is finding coaches, people who are there. I think... So, I, mean, I understand, but what I understand the game time bit, but no way of will all 28 girls be available every single week. No, and they're not. They're and they're not. They never not. are. We know no. that. And, and when it gets to... I mean, said doing this in September through a lovely heat wave uh, at the moment everybody's available you know turn up and have a party but come October November December January no they're not going to they won't they just won't be it's part of thing and it'll work out and it'll balance itself out and hopefully everybody will be happy again I'm sure we'll do more on podcasts and stuff for a coach's job to keep all the parents happy is almost impossible Oh yes, you, 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 you just can't. You could do, do five it. podcasts on that, I'm sure. Yeah, um, but they, you know, we will try our best, and like you said, we try to get everybody a game. Um, so I am, unfortunately, with the under tens, we're now saying I won't turn any, of, but we're being totally honest with them. It is at the moment training only. Yes, that's it. Well, this is it. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying we, we they all come in and they all initially play. But once we get enough of those girls who are training, it's like we've now got enough for another yeah. team. And I will try and organise them friendly. But what I'm saying stuff. is the difference there is a lot, a lot of the boys' teams say there's a waiting list no, and can't. we call you when someone leaves. That's the difference. Yeah. We, we don't. What we no. do is we'll say, come along, join the training. And then when there's more than enough, it's like, yeah. right, we'll start another team. Cause, and I don't see the point of these waiting lists because... The, the the person then comes in after five, six, seven, ten weeks and they've not trained at all and they've not improved. No, whereas we're taking the girls yeah. on and they've had ten weeks of coaching and they <laughs> they know everybody and they've improved in those ten weeks. I mean I suppose in the, I mean bizarre you can see it. I mean we, we do on a Thursday night, it was just finished earlier, the under tens and the under elevens because we like as again as a girls section and stuff, we like the mixing, socialising and being part of together. Yeah. Um, tonight I think we had 38 girls at the session to be honest chaos <laughs> and, and and it probably wasn't a benefit so we're having to get, we're, we're going to have to physically rejig it a little bit mm. to make it beneficial for everybody because that was just nuts um, so we are going to change it slightly we're still going to try and mix the age groups but we've got but what you've got the new, light You've got the space. Yeah. Once the night closes in, you you physically won't be able to do that anyway. No, and I th- again, I think. And at that point, you will split down into the, the smaller groups I, anyway. I think by the time, like like I said, by the time we're in November, December, less will be training. There, there ain't, we're, we ain't gonna have thirty eight. No, up you'll have your regulars. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, uh, in, in fairness, I don't have a problem with that. Like you said, once you if you've got thirty eight, it's a lovely evening. They'll be here. Like you said, once it gets a bit darker and colder, you're naturally going to split into your smaller groups yeah. anyway. But so, at the moment, just giving as many girls as you can the opportunity to run yeah. and play and learn. So, and they all tried their hardest. It was chaotic, but we were. But as coaches and stuff, you learn and you develop. We don't. I said how many we're going to turn up. It's awesome. So, hmm. just give a little bit more historical context, and then we will chat a bit more about what opportunities that are. So. This season, 
there are 13 boys teams within our club. There are 11 girls and women's teams. Seven years ago, we had 13 boys teams. We had one <laughs> girls team. <coughs> and when I say about 11 girls and women's team, the women have got 40 players. So if they had more coaches, they could easily create at least one more there now. Yeah. Um, looking at those teams, two of those boys' teams' managers now run girls' teams, which is myself and Ryan. Yeah. So we, we, we've, we've crossed the, uh, crossed the divide, as it were. Yeah. And you assisted a boys' team back seven years ago, and you're now ahead of the entire girls' section as well as running your team. Mm-hmm. But... To go from one girls' team to 11 in seven years, it's, it's a phenomenal expanse. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. And, and it's, it's probably, for me personally, it's one of the, pri- it is the proudest accomplishment of my life mm. that I've been involved with. Um, and I think, it, it, again, in theory with all those numbers and every age group as far as I'm aware could probably do another team <laughs> as well we next season it's going to be space that stops us I mean the women can now like we said the we women a, could if we had a coach I mean or two who would we wouldn't take it on the women could easily do it now you'd think say the under 10s we're at 29 and I've got two so I got 30 we play seven aside hmm. well, that's three that, that's an extra team that'd be 10 in each team yeah, you could run three teams. You're getting close to it already, aren't you? Same with the under 11s. I think they're at 30 odd, so they're close to three teams. Um, I think in theory, your under eights could probably be two teams. We're getting close. Yeah, if I had four, probably four more players, I could probably do it. Yeah, so not a million miles away, and and it's and it's just going nuts, and it is fantastic. I am sure there will be a drop off this way. There's bound to be at some point. I, mean, I keep saying. We're going to get a drop off. We're going to get a drop off. Mm. Been saying that for two years, but it's it's got to happen at some point. It just can't. Keep. Will it drop off, or will it simply just slow down? It might slow down. I I don't know. I think because it, and I say this because you got to think a lot of this is driven by the media. And I in, in terms is. of how it's being, it's getting bigger and bigger on television. It That's is. not going to stop for a while. No, it, it's not. And hopefully the WSL will be a success. Um, this yeah, you've got the and next and it Euros. Is it two years now? The next two Euros. Years, yeah. That's that's going to be on television. England are doing. Yeah. England are done well. Um, um, the the, the WSL is being shown regularly now. Yeah. I think I think there'll be a drive for more and more games to be played in the main stadiums. Yeah, well, I think Bristol City women all their games this season at Ashton Gate. Every exactly. single game. Exactly. I think a lot more teams will be driving for this. Yeah, I think a lot. So more. it's. And I think a lot more grassroots clubs will. As I said, I think, so this is certainly not having a go because they, they I know the hassle and grief they've had the last month or so, the Bristol Girls League fixtures and everything came out late this year and they, and they said the Bristol Girls League committee and what they do has been fantastic. The reason this has happened is so many new teams were joining. Yeah. You couldn't get fixed. I think they set up a fixture list and then they'd have two new teams would end. And 
it's, so it has gone absolutely. They're, they're victims of their own, own kind, well, not just that, but yeah. kindness. Kindness. Because I, I know for, I'm, well, I'm fairly certain, Hannah Minor League and Avon Youth League would, would go, no. that's the date. Yeah. Get lost. And in some ways, they, I mean, it makes it easier in that sense. But We yeah. had two teams, our under 11s and under 13s. I think the end of July uh, said to me, can we enter a second team? And I said, well, you ain't going to get it in because the league will say no, but I'll, I'll ask. And, and I was 95% sure they'd say, yeah, it's yeah, lovely, but you're too late. Yeah. And then they came back and said, no, we, we'll get you going. And I was like, well, great. So they're, but they're trying their up. best to make it they're, give yeah. everyone a game, aren't they? And I think it slightly backfired on them in the end. But I mean, no, I think you say that, but the season's starting, all the fixtures are in, it's just giving everyone a bit of yeah. nerves. Yeah. But the fixtures are there. The fixtures Everyone's there got done. a fixture at the end of the season, which is good. We got there in the end, so... Um, but I think it will slow down. I mean, and... But not for a while, like I said, with, with TV getting bigger, no, a bit pushing it. I don't think it's going to happen for a while yet. I, I said, it'll be. it's interesting and how far the women's game's got to go um, worldwide, You, you if you're going to look at it now, and... Where there is there going to start being a backlash? And obviously, with everything that's going on in Spain at the moment, yeah, Spain has issues. It's, it's, it's no more um, they sack the, the the men's team manager. And every- I, it's funny enough. I, I'm I'm not blowing my own trumpet, but within about half an hour of watching the video, I did personally tweet that it was interesting that he was clapping Rubiales. That speech, the order. Oh, the speech clap- on the yeah. Friday. The, yeah. the speech that Rial has made. The order was sat there clapping. Oh. I did tweet that out. Yeah. It was interesting. And now he has been sacked, and that's one of the reasons because he was there clapping away. I'm not going to resign, and the manager's there clapping him. Yeah, like, yeah. You, and then, you, you've I clearly mean, not read the mood of you. <laughs> everything. I mean, I think I, I don't know the whole story. My son was saying earlier that the um, Spanish teams, but so the Spanish league are on strike for two weeks. And this is more to do with paying conditions as well. Mm. So the women's game has got a long, long way to go. Funnily enough, that will be a podcast we'll do at some stage. Yeah, Things go. like pay, different and equality and so, stuff. Yes, absolutely. So, but the insp- but it will grow. And, and I said the opportunities are there. The only thing that's holding it back is people not having enough people, at the, you know, to run these sort of stuff. Well. Our own case in point is our women's team. Yeah, Kelsey is really is on her own because yeah. and she she loves it and she loves the fact she got Kelsey's so many. Amazing. But she if there was another person or another couple of people willing to take it on, she probably would be able to say right we have a second team here. Yeah, I mean we could even if it was just a matter of organising friendlies for them. It's difficult, and that's that's what you need. You do need more people and people who are reliable who will turn up. Um, and who you can trust to turn up. And in today's world, it is harder, but it's getting there, and it's, it is good. It's the start of a season, and it's an exciting time. We'll see how it all goes this year. Um, okay, so we've talked about um, how the women's game has massively grown in the World Cup and how it's, it inspires the girls, and it talked about how we as a club and our girls have grown. What can we, and let's, let's say me and you, but when I say that is also the club, what can we do to harness this? What sort of things can we do to harness this now? I, I, I think what we're doing is pretty much there. We, we, we make it a very social thing. 
we do try to I mean the Christmas disco's booked done mm. sorted the tournament is booked the tournament's booked done sorted we are looking at a big charity event and that's the, involving not just our club the whole of the Bristol Girls League Bristol Girls League which is, which is good because it's, it's, it's kind of it's, it shows that we're trying to be more community based we, I say yeah. we keep going on about and community but yeah Absolutely. So that, that, that should hopefully be in place. We also do the chips after. We're involved with Bristol City so that you know, they will hopefully go down. I, I have looked. It's early days at potentially us all going to Wembley again for the FA Cup final next year. Mm, that would be a bigger cost though, wouldn't it, compared to no. the England? Or is it the same? It, it's... A, it's early days at the moment. I mean, the I'm cost-wise talking. compared to the England no, the match? Tic- no, it'll be about the same. Oh, is it? Okay, fair enough. It'll be... It, I, yeah, I'm still... Yeah. I'm talking to the FA to see how many tickets and blah, 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 if I can get them. Mm. Um, what so. about in terms of the support that we can give? I mean, as, as a club, we're, we do support our coaches, but how can we get more support? I, Again, it's more people again from the top. It'd be lovely if the FA came down a bit more. Some, I mean, from the Somerset FA, Gloucestershire FA for the women's side. Um, unfortunately, where we're based, we're so far north of the Somerset, and they're based down street. Yeah, they're in, they're in street. Yeah, they don't come up this far. And bizarrely, we're closer to the Gloucestershire FA. Hmm. They won't come to us because we're not part of them. Um, so it'd be nice if they came and helped us a bit more, gave us a bit more support um, as a club. I mean, we do we do um, put all of our coaches through their level one. Yeah. And there is, there is mechanisms in place for coaches who do want to do more than yeah. that. But we could promote that more. We could I promote that. I think it's that. not promoted enough. No. I think we could promote that more. We could support... I mean, this, this is not just girls, this is boys as well, but I think we need to support the teams more because there are a couple of teams, I think it's just, I think it's on the boys as well, where there's perhaps one or two at most managers. I would argue you need, you need a team. You need a team there. You need three at least. I mean, we've got, my, my team, my under eights, there's six of us. Yeah. Now, in fairness, that's, that's almost necessity driven by the fact that I'm also involved in the 16s. Yeah. Um, Rachel's also involved in the 10s. Uh, Phil's also involved in the 11s. Liam's also involved in the 11 boys. Uh, Marios is also involved in the 13s. The girls, yeah. uh, and Simon's helping out with the tots, the boys' tots. So there's, there could be times when it's a matter of who, which one of you can come. Yeah. And that, so that was like a necessity driven why. I mean, at the end of this season, when my 16s finished, I can concentrate solely I think you've on hit it. The nail on the but, head with, yeah. with, it, with people again. Everybody that's involved is involved with another team. Hmm. We need these new people coming through. Yeah. Um, it's fantastic all these people doing that. And you cannot fault any of I mean, it's amazing. But, but where, maybe as a club, and, and I think in today's world, is getting these new people to come through at these younger age groups is is the struggle. Hmm. Um, I think you've got to be honest with them when they come through. Oh, absolutely. You can't say, oh, it, it, oh, it'll take you. you turn up for an hour on a Thursday night for training, 
and a couple of hours on a Sunday and that's it. If you tell them that, it's, it's one big fat lie. I mean, like I said, I, 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 came <laughs> to watch, I came to watch the very first game. The team got absolutely hammered and at the end of it, they said, right, there's your bag, kit bag and there's your bucket. Yeah. And, that, and off they walked. And, and all, the parents, all the parents were looking at me because I actually had long hair back then, I had a ponytail. And they were looking at me like, who the hell is this strange yeah. kid, this 22-year-old strange kid, stood on the sidelines? Because all the parents were older than me, and all the kids are looking at me, and I'm like, oh, okay. And, and that was that was it. So you're right, it has changed, luckily. There's, yeah. a, there's a lot more uh, There's a lot more help. that goes But you're right, they, you're right. You have to be absolutely honest with everybody and say, yes, there is a lot involved. You, there are... There are coaching courses you have to do. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there are um, safeguarding courses that you have to do every three years. Yeah. There's um, your DBS. You have to do it every three years. You know. Yeah. So there's a number and of there, things you have to lot, do. There's a lot. And there's a lot. Admin-wise, absolutely. And I said this is going off track with the girls. No, no, because this is about how do we support and get there, more there people is, in. One there, of it is getting more coaches to do the things. And I think what the FA, and this is an FA thing. Has got to realise, and rightly so. Those you've got to have the safeguarding, and you've got to have all. The, they, it's scary mm. for for new people that come in. They go, Christ, I need this, I need that, I need. This. You know what? Nah. Yeah. So there has to be a, something in place that doesn't make it so scary to begin with, because um, that puts a lot off, and eventually there's so many barriers into stopping people doing this that's what's going to stop it because eventually there won't be enough people that the expansion won't be there now I'm not clever enough I don't know enough about the safeguarding and the hierarchy and these do need to be in place it needs to be streamlined it needs to be so it's not so scary for people because if you're telling people before you start You've got. It seems it takes two, three weeks before you can even start. You've got to fill in, give a lot of personal details, which some people are wary of. And this is before they even turn up and do one minute of coaching. Yeah. I think that puts a lot of people off. I don't know how you streamline that. I don't know. But what I hear from, it's not just fries, from virtually every single club. We don't. We haven't got the people. Mm. We haven't got. We can't get the coaches. So you say we're going off topic. We're not because the only way to take advantage of this surge of interest in girls is to have the coaches. Yeah. And and you're right. I mean, this is it. I I, I am quite cynical of the fact that they they mu- you must now do this this safeguarding every three years. But hey, it costs thirty quid, and I'm not really funny for a start. Once you've done it once, make it free. Um, you must do your DBSs every three years. You must do this. You must do this. You must do. Th- if you must do it, then pay for it. Yeah. Why, why are we having to pay for it if we've I mean, got to do it? Again, you could look at again with the FA and everything like that. How much money is coming down? Yeah, it would be. It's a drop I'm in sure, their ocean. Yeah, I mean, if you look at. Um, what was the last television think, deal that Sky and BT Well, paid? even the last transfer deal. In, oh, in, in, God, in yeah. This season, uh, Premier League clubs paid over £2 billion in yeah. transfer fees. If you put aside... Again, maths. 1%? Well, not even one. Probably half a percent. I'll tell you what, we'll put half a percent into paying for coaches' courses. 
Mm. Everyone's done. It's done. It's done for them for years. <laughs> and it, yeah. And so. And without the grassroots coming through, these teams don't get players. No. And that's that. Because you, you think the you, they'll say, "Well, we've got the academies." Yeah. Yes, but you don't get them into the academies unless they do the grassroots. Until you've gone for the grassroots first, until you've seen them playing first. It really. I mean, it's common sense so again I'm sure nobody will but if anybody from Sky the Premier League or the FA is listening to us give grassroots football you, you don't have to give them the clubs just pay for the courses mm. tell the Premier League or somebody like that tell you what we are going to pay we'll put aside for 25,000 courses or whatever it is mm. however, a hundred, you know half a million pounds a million pound a year to pay for grassroots coaches to have their courses, the safeguarding, yeah. the fa- safeguarding, first aid, whatever first it is, aid, absolutely. and the first aid, the and it might, ones, it might save somebody's life. That's right. The introduction to coaching, just safe, safeguarding it, in your DBSs. Have that all free. Yeah. If that was all free, it'd help clubs. It would be less off-putting for coaches. I mean, what we do as a club here, I'm sure, I don't think it does it, is they pay for it up front and then we reimburse them. Mm. Today's cost of living, if it's 160 quid, some people might not have that in their bank account. Well, this is it. I mean, I, I want to do the UEFA B licence. UEFA B licence is £960. Yeah. I, I'm, And I only want to do that to help improve the players under me. Understand, yeah. Because it's, it's, it's no use to me in any other walk of my life. It's no, no use to my personal life. It's no use to my job. I, 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 my job is nothing to do with this. Yeah. So the only reason I want to do this is to help improve the players I coach. Yeah. And I really want to do this to help improve it. But it's almost a thousand pounds I have to yeah. pay. It's ridiculous. So that should be. I'm sorry. It should be free. Mm. And it should be funded by the FA. You would get more and more and more involved. It would ensure there's more safety because we're a good club we ensure everybody has everything there are clubs that don't mm, yeah so there are clubs there are children being coached by people who are not qualified who are not dbs checked who potentially are a risk mm. but they're, they're there because there are some clubs who can't afford it yeah it's exactly um and they will find means and ways, even when people can't. So, well, you have to be on the whole game system, yeah. um, and that way they check you've got everything. So all you need to do is just, right, don't put that person on the whole game yeah, system. Yeah, no, exactly. And the way they coach. And the FAs say, oh, we're going to do an inspection. Uh, often they turn up. And, you know, and that night they turn up, and <laughs> they, they almost let you know when they're coming. But even, yeah. if, they, if, even if they turned up randomly... Okay. It's. I mean, I. I'll be honest. I've been here with fries for ten years. I've seen one inspection in ten years. Mm. I think. I think they've done. Uh, they've done two in the last ten that I can think of. Two. Yeah. That's it. No, I said I, I might not have been there. You for might not have been yeah. there for one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So two I've seen, that I can think of. So I've been involved and I've had my details checked once. Yeah. So as a club, you know. So we've got to do is not put the number of people on the whole game system, and, and the like way said, you go and it's, it's like you said, know. there was two of them, and I I wasn't there for that one night. So this person who could be coaching, you get lucky they miss it, yeah. <laughs> and then there so it's just have it. Free. And they don't turn up late; they they're there at the start. So we've yeah. got to do is as you're walking down, or somebody texts you, FA are here. Yeah, 
Yeah. Right, okay. I'm just going to stand on the side. Yeah. And it's, uh, you've got to be, the FA, if you were pleading, I mean, I, I know there were clubs struggling with facilities and stuff like that. Different board. Mm. Make, make you coot. But again, it would help clubs with their extra costs if they weren't having to fork out on these costs. Like I said, hope, as a club, I, I think hopefully we're going to pay for you to go through. We'll pay for anybody's. But that could cost fries. Four or five thousand pounds. If four or five of you did it this year, four or five thousand pounds. Make it all free. And Fry's has got that money to put into facilities, to buy better equipment, to buy goals, to buy footballs and stuff like that. And you've also got then a, a, a group of coaches able to support the club, yep. improve the the well the livelihood of all the players within the club. Yep. And it's helping everybody. Um, so And that's how you can then capitalise on the opportunities that have been driven yeah. by the women in the World Cup and everything else. Yeah, and I said even the FA and the Premier League for the boys and everything is huge football. I honestly, I, I said I, I, it might cost more, but I would think a million pound a year, maybe two, even if you went five million, which is a drop is in a the ocean compared to say, the uh, a total a, drop yeah. in the ocean. Five million a year would pay for every. I'm sure would pay for the majority of grassroots coaches who wanted to do it. First aid, safeguarding, whatever level they wanted to. Mm. It would be, and they they could promote it, and the prem, they they'd get so much good publicity if the Premier League said, you know what, boys, each club you're involved, give us all half half a million, we'll put it in via the Premier League. So you think it was like nine million pound? We'll give it to grassroots football to pay their coaching courses for the year. The publicity, the good publicity they'd get alone would be absolutely fantastic, and and again that would help the women's game, the girls' game because we haven't got they haven't got as much money, and it would benefit that. It would just something like that. Because again, the coaching, the level of the the quality of the players then coming through, yeah. supporting both men and women and girls and boys football, would vastly improve as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I said nine to ten million. What's that for a Premier League? That's that that's a prospect. Uh, Not <laughs> funny for some players. That's two months' wages. Isn't well, it? yeah. I mean, when you consider what Mo Salah. I mean, the grants is They were thinking of paying him one and a half million pound a week, <laughs> so it could be Mo salary for a month. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want Mo Salah to pay for it all, but I mean, it's it's ridiculous. Well, Liverpool are going to get one hundred and fifty million if if they turned it down. Hmm. Well, one hundred and fifty. There you go. It's. Even in that area, for the Liverpool... OK, you've got 150 million, put a, one and a half million of that into paying for the North-West coaches. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they'd, you know, it'd be in 15, 20 years, but they might have a local Mo Salah turn up. Or they might have, um, like I said, a local Beth Mead, a local Chloe Kelly turn up to play for Liverpool because they've invested in it at grassroots level who might get off put because that coach or player might not be there. Yeah. But there you go. Okay. I think uh, we've covered opportunities. We ended on a little bit of a down note, but, um, but that's okay. I think it was a bit of a down note, but it's also talking about the, what could happen. Well, so, I, said, um, I don't think it's a down yeah. note. I said, uh, hopefully, if somebody does listen from it, and hopefully somebody... <laughs> you never know if you somebody... Never knows d- listening. And who can listen and would think, well, yeah, maybe we could just... Put it because bizarrely, 
it's the FA, and, and I don't know how much it costs to do these courses. Are they making money off of grassroots clubs at the moment with these costs for these courses? At worst, at worst, they're breaking even. Mm. Um, so if somebody from Somerset FA, Gloucestershire FA, say, well, can we afford... As an individual came to the FAs, I'm sure they can. But the FA can. Yeah. The Premier League can. Exactly. Sky Sky could. Instead of Sky paying, I don't know, twenty billion pounds for the next deal, pay nineteen and a half billion, but we're gonna give half a billion to pay for grassroots coaches. Which means Sky would have a product in twenty, thirty years. Maybe more of England players. Maybe if they did that, it wouldn't just be the women getting to a World Cup final. No. It'd be the men getting to a World Cup final in 10, 15 years' time because the coaches at grassroots level are at that standard mm. where, the, where we could a lot more could be at UA for sea level at a thousand pounds. Yeah, if you've got if each club, grassroots club had two or three UA for sea level, mm. it would only improve the players, absolutely. The amount of players coming through, the standard would go up, so everybody would win, and that would be the men and the women, yes. And it, you know, if we if England did it as the effort, all the other associations would follow suit. Mm. So there you go. So I don't think it's a downer. Just listen to it, all you top FA people, and give grassroots. Don't, you don't even have to give the grassroots clubs the money. Just make it free. Yeah, yeah. Okay, Mark. Thank you very much, um, listeners. I hope you've enjoyed the the, the return of uh, season two of our podcast, and uh, I hope you. Uh, come back for the rest of this season when there'll be hopefully some more interesting topics we should discuss but for now Mark thank you very much thank you Andy have a good evening thank you everybody uh, listen to uh, back with your listeners another time thank you all there you go don't forget you can email us your questions comments random thoughts anything you want to share with us at greengreengrassroots at gmail.com we are on twitter at FryClubJFC on facebook which is Fry Club Junior FC, and the club website, which is www.fryclubjfc.co.uk. You can type out a review on Apple Podcasts, and if you like us, then please give us five stars on Spotify. You've been listening to a We Haven't Got a Clue What We're Doing production, produced and edited by Andy Glover. <laughs>